Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, it's Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Mentor Ree Conbrakinas has hit a very lucrative time in his trading career, making a massive whopping R return. In Con's words, this whole trading process has become very easy and very lucrative. And in today's episode, we hear how Con has done it and what changed for him. Louise Bedford today plays a game of Who Am I in Mind Power, where you can guess the name of the trader she is describing. And Chris Tate looks at the markets around the world. Let's hear him now. CT, how did the US markets close on Friday the 5th of April? Well, the Dow had a rather subdued but positive end to the week, up about 40-odd points, which does seem to, I mean, it's just one of those things that it continues the run that they've been having for this quarter. US markets are positive. It's just one of those things. And they are tracking back to former all-time highs. Yes, you took the words out of my mouth. There you go. How did the Australian market close? We're an interesting case. Uh, pre-election silliness going on. What is intriguing about the local market is, for this quarter, it's actually positive. We're up, what, just under 10%, 9.8% or so, which is actually, I won't say it's an aberration, but it's positive for reasons unknown. It would be, one of the things that has been interesting is how reasonably modest commodity prices and the banking sector, well, getting a belt in courtesy of the Banking Royal Commission, that's all being just washed aside. The market just does its own thing, which raises the point of markets always do their own thing, which is a good thing. And as much as we like to generate a sort of post-dictive rationalisation as to why things do behave the way they do, most of our rationalisations are generally incorrect and they're just guesses based upon what we saw in the rearview mirror. I mean, if you look at the English, if you look at the FTSE, the FTSE is up about 10% this quarter. But if you have a look at the state of the country, the country seems to be as organised as a fire in a chook shed. Markets, the markets don't care. I mean, you're talking about a government that's appointed a ministry for food because they're worried about running out of food. Markets don't care. You don't. just took the words out of my mouth again. The exit date for Brexit is set for April 12th, although oh. Theresa May has asked for a delay until June 30. Is that the new one, is it? That's but- this week, is it? Even the Europeans don't care because the DAX and Eurostox 50 have been positive as well. So either the English are completely delusional, the Europeans are glad to be seeing them go. Uh, either way, both sets of markets have been very, very positive this quarter. 
better feature of this year. If you look at most of the world markets this year, you see a turn or a pivot point late December, early January. And, and that is the predominant condition with the standout market once again being the Shanghai Composite. Uh, they're up, what, usually 31% this quarter, which is a remarkable gain. And, of course, they're, they're attempting to drag the Hang Seng along with them. Um, the Nikkei is being caught in that sort of wake and being dragged along. So it's it's interesting to see all markets running in concert. Uh, for trend traders, it is a pleasing thing. Are commodities running in concert? No, actually not. They're a little bit all over the shop because we're having a, a bit of a run in crude and gasoline. Crude, of course, had that nasty fall last year. Thanks to Donald Trump. Oh, God. I like to blame him for everything, including the fact my gardener doesn't turn up on time. So we've had a bounce there. But if you look at other members of the energy sector, not so good. If you look at precious metals, not so good. With, you know, just the single exception of palladium, which has been exceptional. Uh, what we've gone from 800 to, what, 1500, 1550 this year, which is a remarkable actual little lift. And certainly something to be pleased about if you're long palladium. It's taking a long time for the precious metals to run. It is, and they're not really motoring as you would expect. There's, there's a standout, and that's it. The rest seem to just be meandering, and that's... Look, that, that's intriguing. If we could get precious metals to run as a concert, we'd actually see even more of an uplift in our market because we have this commodities base and we are magnificent speculators. What's your advice to traders this week, CT? Same as always. Trade what you see and not what you think you see. Thanks for your time. No worries, thanks. Just for fun, let's play a game of Who Am I? I'm going to give you some facts about a trader's life and let's see if you can guess who it is by the end of this story. This particular gentleman was born in 1920 and died in 1977. He is famous for understanding trend as going sideways then up, then sideways then up in a staircase pattern. He managed to avoid noise by trading alone. He was on the road a lot. And when he decided that he would trade from his broker's office, his results actually dropped. It has certainly an impact for introverts because making our own decisions is so important in the markets. And he found this out for himself. As a dancer, he knew that by crouching down, he would get more impetus to spring upwards. He noticed the same impact in share charts. Before shares go up, often they'll crouch down for a little. He's the author of How I Made $2 Million on the Stock Market, and he coined the phrase Darvis Boxes. Did you guess who it is? It's Nicholas Darvis. Now, if you don't have his book, you really need to add it to your bookshelf. How I Made $2 Million on the Stock Market. Hi, 
it's Amanda Gore, and I'm a speaker and author of Joys and Inside Job, and I listen to Talking Trading. Conbrakina started trading in 1995, and he started during a bull market where initially it was very easy for him to make money. But as time went by and the market conditions changed, Con ran into the typical problems that traders face. But this financial year, Con's trading system is now yielding more plus R's than minus, and it's been the best year trading he has had since he first started in the bull market of 1995. In Con's words, strangely, this whole trading process has become very easy and very lucrative. Con, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Hello, Caroline. Happy to be back. Congratulations on your trading. Thank you. What's happened since we last spoke, which was just after the 2017 Learning to Trade full-time seminar? What's happened with your trading? Do fill us in in this positive R expectancy. Ever since I got the uh, the wallop on the forehead from uh, Louise and Chris, metaphorically speaking. The WT um, moment. Yep. What the friggin' hell just happened moment. Um, you know, basically the lights went on um, and I realised very clearly um, for a very long time now um, what it is that I was doing and that is that I was actually self-limiting um, the profitability of my trades. Um, ever since that very stark example uh, that Louise and Chris kindly pointed out um, to me, uh, the trading has actually excelled quite dramatically. When you say uh, self-limiting the profitability of your trades, what do you mean by that? Well, I used to come from an industry where I would manage risk for a lot of corporate clients. Uh, and in that respect, you know, my profitability would have been anywhere from 20 to 50% in any one given year on investment. What I realised is that I was actually missing out on opportunities when they actually kicked in and excelled in terms of a trend. And what I needed to do was actually just let the system do its thing. And instead of trying to manage the risk, I should be trading the, the risk at, the, at that point in time for that particular trend. So you're letting your profits run? Very much. And letting the system tell me what to do as opposed to me telling the system what to do. Let's talk about how you transitioned from your new trading mindset into your trading process. It's pretty simple, really. Um, the mathematical algorithms that I run, both the daily and the four-hourly system, don't have an emotion. So they are designed to determine to get into a trade. Once that trigger fires, it's just an automatic go. From that point on, nothing else matters except moving that stop at the designated trading time once a day. And you move that stop continuously until it actually gets to an exit. Um, on the daily system, that stop will also give you the parameters to pyramid into a trade. So you're actually buying more and adding more money to a profitable trade. And you just keep doing that night after night after night when requested until you actually exit. So it's a pretty simple process there's not a lot of thinking that needs to be done as a matter of fact there's no thinking at all and what about getting caught up between trades which are profitable and which aren't profitable no no it's actually 
quite a pleasing process to know that if the trade's going to fail, uh, you are saved. You know, the most that you can lose is one R. Um, based on my results, I'm somewhere between 0. 0.2 to 0. 0.8 of an R, you know, in, in those sort of instances from that perspective. So I'm quite happy to, to take the loss and free up an R and go again. What runs have you had? Give us some instruments other than crude oil which have run. Um, well, I suppose the ones that I still remember, um, who, which have been beaten in some respects, is the ones that actually crystallised what I was doing from that lesson, and that is A2M and uh, Altium um, on the ASX. Uh, A2M provided 109R and Altium 42. Wow. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, so look, that year it's 151R. I mean, come on, you need to really think about that. That's three times better than what I've ever done since 95. <laughs> so. Let me throw another quote from you. Ego is an interesting influencer in the trading profession and one that leads to error in execution and opinion. How do you maintain your new trading mindset? Um, I've printed out those charts and they're stuck on, on my wall in front of my uh, computer and every time I get close to um, ego, I look at those charts and I just remind myself what I did, what it is that I need to do and that is I just need to let the system do its thing. You've got to have complete trust in what the system's telling you. It's an unemotional mathematical algorithm that is designed to get you in and get you out. This is a success story all around. Can you give us one more aspect as to the success of this? It is lucrative. It, it does provide me with what I was actually after, and that is time, more time and choice. I interact with the market once a day. Uh, that takes anywhere from oh, a minute. Some nights you don't have to do anything to 10 minutes. You know, by the time you download the data, make a cup of tea and sit down and look at what it is you need to do. Uh, choice, because it is extremely lucrative. Um, it provides a result. And at the moment, the equity curve is just insane. Connie, if other mentorees want to email you, are you open to that? Yes, certainly. I mean, I, um, I actually uh, have quite a few from the uh, alumni email me and as well as, um, I suppose, quite a few um, buddies that I've taken on. So I've actually got two this year so far. Great. And what's your email address? It's zoosenterprises88 at westnet.com.au. Say that again. Zeus. As in as the god, Z-E-U-S. Z-E-U-S Enterprises. 88 at westnet.com.au. And we'll put that on the website so listeners can see it in lights. Con, congratulations on your outstanding trading success. It's inspiring to listen to. It's inspiring to interview. And I can hear the difference in the change from a year ago. Come back. Indeed, Caroline. It's been a pleasure. And that's it for today's show of Talking Trading, guys. Stay tuned next week for an update on the Brisbane property market prices with Brett Warren from Metropole. I'm Caroline Stephen. Have a good week trading. Louise Bedford here. Hopefully we are your unfair advantage in the share market. 
Every week, Chris Tate and Caroline Stephen and I, we slave away trying to get you the exact thing that you need to drive your trading to the next level. You know what would really help? If you left us a great review on Apple Podcast or iTunes, as you might know it, that would really be terrific because it helps more people find this podcast. It is our passion project, but the more that we can spread the word, the better. We are creating a movement of successful traders. And let's have a look at one of the reviews on Apple Podcast or iTunes this week. Hmm, let me choose Sid Cider. I'm guessing somebody from Sydney. Great variety of talks on trading and interviews, solid focus on positive psychology and general life things. Keep it up, guys. Thank you. We will. Thanks for your beautiful review. So do leave us a big, fat five-star review. It would be great to see your comments. And until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Training are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.